and amen. All right, so go ahead and take your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 21, Matthew chapter 21, and uh, we've been going through the parables of Christ. We're going to be looking at the parable of the wicked husbandman in Matthew chapter 21, and uh, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, uh, well, we'll read the text here in just a moment. Kind of want to um, talk about last week's lesson again because they are spoken one right after the other. They both have to do with the vineyard as well. And last week we looked at the two sons called to work uh, in a vineyard. Uh, and uh, just like we're going to have a vineyard in this parable uh, today uh, as well. And uh, I wanted to remind us, you know, the, some things that had happened leading up to last week's parable and even this parable because it was spoken, I believe, immediately after uh, the two sons called to work. And we remember all the things leading up to these parables, and Jesus had come riding in on a donkey's colt, and um, uh, people rejoicing and, and uh, throwing down the, the palm leaves and those types of things, Hosanna to the king. But he also, if you remember, he cleansed the temple, and uh, certainly that raised a few eyebrows. And uh, eventually he would be challenged by the chief priest and said, you know, who, who gave you all this authority, you know, to come in here drawing all this attention, doing some of the things that you did? And, of course, uh, he asked them a question concerning John the Baptist. We won't get into all that again. We looked at that last week. Um, uh, but in that conversation, uh, he would give this parable that we looked at last week, the two sons called to work. And, again, for time's sake, we won't go over all that again. But it showed how the Jew uh, has rejected the Messiah. And uh, it was literally happening at that very moment and um, how that uh, God would go on and still is today using uh, the Gentiles uh, to carry out his work, and, and not just the Gentiles uh, in a general way, but certainly the church, the church age in which you and I uh, live today. And uh, so that happened, and then immediately uh, Christ would give this next parable, uh, beginning there with verse 33. We'll go ahead and read it through, and then we'll kind of go back and pick up some things. But uh, Jesus, again speaking, he says, Here another parable, there was a certain householder which planted a vineyard, and hedged it round about, and digged a wine press in it, and built a tower, and led it out to husbandmen, and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants, and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. Uh, again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. And the, you know, the, uh, the thing here to, to keep in mind is verse 37 was actually taking place in their life at that moment. I mean, the, the, the Jews were, were faced with the Savior himself. And uh, so they, they, this was unfolding right before their eyes. But Jesus continues on in verse 38. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. Uh, when the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbands? So just like last week, he gave the parable and asked uh, the question. And the Pharisees uh, answer here in verse 41 he says, they say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And Jesus saith unto him, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner? Uh, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in your eyes. 
Uh, Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Uh, And whosoever shall fall on this stone, now we know that stone to be Christ, shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Now notice the chief priest, you know, the the light's coming on a little bit for him. They're, They're putting some things together. And they say, and it says, and when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard this parable, they perceived that he spake of them. And they were exactly right. <laughs> he was. Uh, and of course, they didn't like that. But when they sought to slay on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. It's always important to keep in mind, too, that at the time of this parable, Jesus just a few days from dying on the cross. And uh, no doubt the very same ones that he's facing there uh, would go on uh, to uh, have him crucified. So a uh, very, very important parable. Again, this parable of the wicked uh, husbandman. And so now we kind of got the background there uh, and understand some things. We understand, you know, what's going on as far as uh, the days ahead. And uh, uh, Jesus being, again, face-to-face with his uh, accusers. And uh, as I noticed there, I had you pay attention to verse 37. Um, uh, last of all, uh, he sent unto them his son. That was literally taking place uh, at uh, that moment, as I mentioned uh, a while ago. And so also, when I think about verse 37, it's, it's, it's also showing, as we see there on our notes, under letter A, under introduction, God was still offering his grace even up to that point. You know, isn't that amazing? I mean, God's still saying, I mean, he's giving these parables. He's trying to get them to understand. Uh, but uh, this is something that, that the Jew was known for, unfortunately. It wasn't anything new that they were doing. Let her be there underneath the introduction, the treatment of the Jew towards those whom God has sent uh, all the way up to Christ. In Mark chapter 12, we have another, it's, it's a parallel verse. It's, it's the same parable, uh, but it gives us a little more, uh, I think, a little more detail as far as, Uh, explaining the history of the Jew towards God's servants. And I'll go ahead and read it there. It's on your notes. And he began to speak unto them by parables. Certain man planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it, digged a place uh, for the wine fat and built a tower and uh, led it out to husband and went into a far country. Uh, And at the season he sent the husband a servant that he might receive from the husbandman uh, of the fruit of the vineyard. And again, we see some similar wordage. And they caught him and beat him and sent him away empty. Again, he sent unto them other servant, and at him they cast stones and wounded him in the head and sent him away shamefully handled. And again, he sent another, and they killed him and many others, beating some and killing some. Uh, having yet therefore one son is well beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reverence my son. But those husbands said among themselves, uh, This is the heir, come, let us kill him and the inheritance shall be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out uh, of uh, the vineyard. And as I mentioned a while ago, that, that would actually happen to Christ. He, he would be uh, crucified. And uh, so, uh, again, it, it's nothing that uh, you know, we haven't uh, read before in the Bible concerning, uh, concerning uh, the Jews. Uh, but God's patience, again, though, I mean, when you read the whole Bible, you know, from, from the times all these things begin to happen, uh, the long-suffering of, of God towards the Jews, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling, you know, how much uh, he did and the many uh, that were killed uh, that God was trying to use to turn their hearts. Time and time again, he would send his servants uh, to his chosen people, and time and time again, they rejected them, they abused them, they even killed many. Uh, and as I said, within a few days, the Jew would even kill uh, Jesus Christ, uh, who, again, was uh, no doubt uh, sent by the Father. 
And so that gets us into number one. Some things that we can learn uh, from this parable. Number one, and you just follow along there on your notes. I don't always talk about everything that's on the notes, but you can kind of follow along there. Uh, but number one, the work in God's vineyard. Let's talk about that. Uh, verse 33, uh, Matthew 21, 33, here another parable. There was a certain householder. Let's, let's look at the, some of the things this householder did. Now, the householder in this parable would certainly be uh, representing God the Father. So there was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it, built a tower, and let it out to husband and went into a far country. And so this was a, a little farm, if you will, uh, for uh, producing uh, wine in the days uh, of Christ. And, and even you know, before that, it's something that uh, the Jews did. And so, but the important thing here to look at is the vineyard was already uh, built. It was already in place. Um, and that's important. Uh, and again, the, the householder is representing God the Father. He built a vineyard. He planted it. He hedged it about with a protective wall, built the wine press, the tower, all the things needed to make uh, the, the wine. And the householder, uh, again, provided all of this, everything they needed to produce a harvest. So when the householder would return, uh, upon his return, he would be able to see the fruit that came from that harvest. And uh, this tells us also that, that the householder certainly expected fruit from his vineyard, again, that he had built. Okay? He, he built it, and he put uh, some husbandmen there uh, in charge of, of, of working that uh, farm, if you will. Now, we, we think about the Jew. You know, God, uh, no doubt, uh, has given the Jew much. <laughs> and anybody, just a casual reading of the Old Testament would show just how much God loves the Jew. And, and really from the time of God's promise uh, to Abraham uh, and all the way up uh, through certainly the Jews under Joshua entering to the promised land, God has done a great deal for the Jew. And God provided them uh, a place uh, for them to serve him faithfully and uh, notice what it says, it's on your notes, uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 13. This, uh, you know, uh, talking about the, the land of Canaan, the promised land, if you will, that Joshua would lead them into. Now notice what it says, and think about this vineyard we just talked about. And God says here, and I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them. Remember, they displaced the people that were there, and of the vineyards even... Uh, of the olive yards uh, which ye, uh, and olive yards which he planted uh, not, do you eat? And so, clear picture here of, of what God had already done uh, for, uh, for the Jew. Uh, but again, the Bible reveals really the, the sad story of the utter failure of the Jew in the promised land, and uh, they would be uh, exiled into Babylon. Uh, and of course, they, they would forget uh, their purpose, you know, as being God's people. Uh, they would forget the purpose of being in the vineyard. And, and uh, although it wasn't like he just left them there and then came back and they didn't do what they were supposed to do, as they were failing, he was sending them prophet after prophet after prophet, giving them warnings, telling them, hey, look, you need to get this right, you need to get this straightened up. They would, they would stone some, they wouldn't listen to some, they would mock some, they even killed some. Until finally the day that God would send their, his own son, and they too... Uh, would have him uh, crucified. And so it's really easy to see the, the parallel there. And, uh, and again, it, it's a, a heart-wrenching story, and it makes us wonder, 
you know, how could they? Of course, now we have the benefit of looking back at the cross. Uh, what I'm saying is, is you know, uh, we, we may have very well been ourselves a little hard-hearted about that. So we need to be careful about, you know, judging there. But uh, we see there letter C. Uh, let's talk about some application for today because we know, as we've learned in some of our other parables, uh, that uh, God has set the Jew aside for a while. He's not done with the Jew. We know the Jew will... Uh, uh, will have a significant role during the tribulation. But for right now, God is, is, is using local New Testament churches, just like ours, uh, to do the work. In a way, we're, we're husbandmen. Uh, the local New Testament churches are now the husbandmen, husbandmen of God's vineyard. And now I'm not, you know, sometimes preachers get in trouble trying to connect the church with the Jew. You don't want, I'm not doing that. But certainly we can make some application here. And uh, we know that as far as a local New Testament church like ours, uh, and there's many other churches as well, uh, that Christ is the head of the church. Amen. We're his body. We're his members. And we've done some teaching on that. And uh, so we know there's, there's work to be done. Amen. And what, what are we working for? We're working for a harvest, right? A harvest of what? Souls. Amen. And so everything that we do... Um, uh, you know, should always funnel, should always be pointing towards seeing other people say. That's why it's important that you get involved uh, and do your part. And so, uh, again, just like the Jew, hey, listen, has God given, let's just talk about Central Calvary Baptist Church for just a moment. Has God given us everything we need to be good husbandmen in our vineyard here in West Plains? Amen. He has given us everything we need, amen? Everything, he's provided everything we need, right? Uh, uh, it was just mentioned a while ago about the Holy Spirit, amen? But he's also given us the Word of God, amen? Uh, and he's given us a place. He's, what, a, what a wonderful facility, amen? And so all these things, but, but this isn't the vineyard. The vineyard's out yonder, <laughs> okay? And that's where we need to do our work, and that's so important to understand. And he's the head of this church, and he's given us everything we need, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. Uh, he's given you a, a, a preacher, you know, not the greatest in the world, but, but what I'm saying is we can come and we can learn and we can grow and serve and worship, be trained, those types of things. Now, uh, I, you know, I know a lot of, you know, the Bible doesn't reveal when the rapture of the church is going to take place, but... My personal opinion is, is I believe it could happen any moment. <laughs> Very soon, I think, that God's going to, the, house, the, the householder's coming back. <laughs> and he, he's going to be wondering about the fruit. He's going to be wondering about his vineyard, what we've been doing, you know, those types of things. So it's a, just a little bit of a challenge there. In other words, how will he find the husbandman concerning his vineyard, his work, you know? You know, well, you know, uh, boy, I just went out and I, look what I've accomplished in the world. I got this big degree and got this lovely place that I have and, and uh, everything's fine. He's going, well, that's good, that's good. Um, uh, how, how, many, how many souls have you been a part of that have been saved? Amen. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh, and so again, it's, it, there, there's work in God's vineyard and that's the primary work of his children and it's bearing, the fruit is... is, is is uh, uh, seeing, uh, seeing those souls saved. And again, uh, that's why the local New Testament church is so important uh, in the lives of believers today. So the work in God's vineyard, we see there very plainly that God certainly expects some things. Uh, let's jump on down to number two. Jump down, down, or flip your page there, number two. Well, you've already flipped your page. All right. Uh, sinning against the privilege of being a husband in God's vineyard. 
Um, Israel, as we go back to Israel again, they've certainly been a privileged nation. Um, now, in, in modern times, we may not see that. You know, when I say modern times, going all the way back to the Holocaust and even before that. But again, just a casual reading of the Bible would show that God has certainly, you know, been with the children of Israel. Amen. Uh, and uh, they have been a privileged nation. I mean, no other nation has been used of God as the nation of Israel has. And their greatest uh, accomplishment is still yet to come, and that's going to be the preaching uh, and the, uh, the souls that are saved during the worst time in the history of the world during the tri Great Tribulation. God is certainly going to use Israel again. Uh, but again, that's a privilege, and, and God has given Israel a great deal. Uh, they truly are his chosen people. And I know there's a nation of Israel right now, politically speaking, but, but that's a far cry from, you know, they're, they're not right with God yet. They still, as a nation, uh, as a belief system, reject the Messiah. Uh, but uh, they are, there is coming a day when they will truly be what God has called them to be. Uh, but they have been a privileged nation, but Israel sinned against that. Letter B, Israel sinned against the privilege. Um, and that's exactly what Jesus was talking about there. And he goes, I'm not going to read it for time's sake, but he goes into detail there in verses 34 uh, through 39. Uh, so uh, instead of Israel getting better in what God had given them, they had gotten worse. <laughs> Amen. They, they had this privilege. They had this wonderful opportunity all the way back from Moses. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, Abraham through Moses, Joshua, even through the judges, through the kings, all these types of things. But instead of getting better, they had gotten worse. And um, again, that scene there in verses 34 through 39 in the treatment of the householder servants that were sent and then capped off, if you will, with the killing uh, of the householder's son. And that's exactly what uh, was going on uh, with the Jew at that time and since has happened. So Israel, again, they have sinned against the privilege of being a husband in God's vineyard. Uh, and it's just a long and sad and bloody history uh, of its treatment of God's servants, you know. And uh, that's certainly sad to see. Now, today is Veterans Day. By the way, happy Veterans Day. To, uh, I think it's Friday. Uh, for all of our veterans, we'll be recognizing them during Pastor's Pal today. But uh, uh, and then we got elections coming up. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, America has kind of, you know, been on my mind and, and some of the concerns that I have. Uh, and even this lesson, thinking about some things. Now, again, we never want to, the church, you know, doesn't replace Israel, amen. That's, but Israel's been set aside. Uh, what, I, what I am saying is I believe that, uh, uh, you know, people being saved, uh, the local New Testament church uh, is God's agent uh, to see folks saved, amen? And uh, America, uh, you know, we're not the only nation that has Christians in it, but I do want to just talk about America because America is a privileged nation. But I want to tell you something that says there on your notes, letter C, we're sinning against the privilege, now, I'm not talking about just the Constitution, which is legitimate statement, but I'm, I'm, I'm going, we're looking at this spiritually speaking. Let us never forget what our country was founded on in the first place. Um, but uh, uh, God has been good to America. Amen. And, uh, and I'm not talking about, listen, you know, I, I'm as patriotic as they come. And, and I love everything there is about America. I love freedom. I, I believe in capitalism, those types of things. But what I'm trying to get you to understand, God has given us everything we need to grow. 
Now listen, to grow and to have a, a influence even on this nation through the local New Testament church. But we have sinned against that privilege. And it's obvious with all these empty seats this morning. Amen. Now I'm preaching to the choir, but you understand what I'm saying, right? And so those things important to God, again, America, uh, you know, given by God for America's benefit, again, they're, they're disregarded more and more every day. Um, the privilege of being saved, belonging to a local New Testament church, again, it's being sinned against. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the local New Testament church, sadly, is being de-emphasized uh, by uh, the very ones that God has saved. And that's sad. It says there on your notes, Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And, you know, it's going on in Paul's day. It's going on today. But exhorting one another. And here's the thing, so much the more, as you see the day approaching. We, we ought not be going to church less. We ought to be going to church more. Amen? Yes, Brother Mike? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm, sure. Amen, amen. Mm -hmm. I tried, amen, amen, yep. Mm -hmm, right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Faithful. Faithful. Amen. You know, sometimes I say the folks here that hear me preach a lot, you know, have heard me say it, but, but faith is faithfulness. <laughs> I mean, it's faithfulness. Amen. Amen. It's not just willing something to happen. Uh, faith is faithfulness. Amen. And uh, so well, well put. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. And so now praise the Lord God, and even in our own church, I thank God for those that are faithful and serving and preaching and teaching, uh, uh, not just in our church, but, but other churches. Uh, you know, I'm not throwing everybody under the bus. But I think if we were honest, uh, for the most part, you know, a lot of things are being ignored. Uh, uh, the church, I think, sometimes is, is kind of a necessary irritation for some people. You know, well, I ain't been for a couple of Sundays, so I better go. <laughs> That's not, that's not good, amen. That's not good. Um, uh, and, uh, well, now, pastor, come on now. Does God really expect all that from me? Yeah. He expects as much out of you as he does me, amen. Hey, praise the Lord. It's important. So, and, and here's what I mean by that is God has given us much, amen. He has given us everything we need uh, to, uh, listen, God didn't bless us here in this country just so we could go out and chase the American dream, Amen. Well, I deserve, you know. No, you don't. You don't deserve nothing. Amen. There's that entitlement mentality. Amen. What you deserve to do, and really in deserve, what you're commanded to do is take those privileges and how God has blessed you and use it to spread the gospel of Christ and to die daily and to give of yourself so that some might be saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's not popular today, but that's, that's the Bible, I believe. What kind of sheave will you be bringing in? Amen? That's what we need to ask ourselves from time to time. And uh, so I'm getting a little preachy here. I better get back to teaching. So uh, we are privileged people. Uh, but again, I, th I think just like Israel, uh, sometimes the church, uh, church members even, can sin against that privilege. And uh, so God's given, given us much and a vineyard to work. And again, it's a privilege, and, and so we need to certainly be faithful 
uh, in those, uh, those areas. Number three, a day of reckoning. And so the Jews uh, really pronounced their own punishment there in verse you know, 41. <laughs> you know, Jesus says, what's, what's going to happen to these people? And, and again, he's talking about them, and they actually you know, give him the answer that's the, their own judgment, if you will. Verse 41, he says, They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and lad out his vineyard unto another or unto other husbands. So there's the Jew to the church. There it is right there. Notice they were wicked too, uh, which shall render him the fruits of their seasons. Uh, I tell you, that's, uh, that's important. And, and then Jesus talks about the rejected stone, and uh, he reminds them of some Old Testament scriptures. We have some there, uh, well, also New Testament, but notice uh, what it says, Psalm 8, 118, verse 22, under letter B, the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. And certainly that was uh, predicted about. And we know from uh, the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 11, there it is, he came into his own. That's the Jew, uh, and his own received him not. You know? And so again, we see these things taking place at that very moment because again, just in a few days, Jesus would die uh, on uh, the cross of Calvary. But the stone, as Jesus also talks about there, uh, will rule the earth someday, amen? He will be seen as Messiah. Uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 45 uh, gives us a picture of that. For as much as thou sawest the stone that was cut out of a mountain without hands, that's in reference to Jesus himself uh, coming back at the end of the tribulation period, uh, break the, the pieces of, of iron, brass, clay, silver, and gold, that is the Gentile world domination, uh, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. So the, we know that there's coming a day when, uh, uh, when Jesus, that the, they crucified him, uh, but that stone that they rejected is going to come back and it's going grind, to grind them to powder, that is, all those uh, that are unbelieving. Uh, and so again, all these things were taking place right there before their eyes. And then uh, uh, letter C, because the Jew rejected the Messiah, they have been replaced for a time. I've mentioned that. Uh, already, but uh, just uh, you know, want us to remember, uh, you know, some of the other parables that we studied. Uh, the Jews, as we learned from the parable of the hidden treasure, remember back in Matthew 13, verse 44, talking about that hidden treasure. They've been hid into the world. Uh, they've been shelved, if you will, until a time when God will use them, uh, uh, specifically during the tribulation period. But right after that parable, we learned in Matthew chapter 21. Um, uh, the pearl of great price, uh, that is the church, and uh, they have become God's husbandmen uh, as well. And uh, so, so very, very uh, important uh, to understand. And I think it's kind of neat how these parables you know, connect and, and give us a lot of uh, prophecy and things that have already been fulfilled and so forth. And uh, so the Jews rejected the Messiah. Uh, they've been replaced uh, for a time, that is. Now, letter D, and, and again, we're going to go back and, and challenge the church today. Uh, tells us there, uh, see how I put it on your notes. Uh, yeah, the Lord can remove his blessings. Um, as Christ set aside Israel, I believe this, that he can also set aside specific local New Testament churches. I, I believe that when a church starts working, stops working for God, that he'll shelve them and he'll hand it over to somebody else. You know, say, hey, if you guys don't want to do it, I'll find somebody who will. Are you hearing me, church? <laughs> Are you hearing me? I hope you're hearing me. 
this is your pastor's heart right here. This is your pastor's heart. And this is something that, that, that weighs on my heart, not just ours, but any church. Amen. And we'd be, hey, listen, we we got to take our head out of the sand <laughs> and quit blaming it on COVID and blaming it on this and culture. Hey, listen, we, hey, listen, God knows all those things are going to take place, but he's still got a vineyard out there that has to be tended to. Amen. Amen. I tell you, uh, it's so important to understand. And as Christ set aside Israel, I believe he'll also set aside local New Testament churches and even individuals uh, as well. Again, that sin against that privilege of working in his vineyard. Um, we, we, we've seen it, folks. I mean, uh, not just here in our community, but all across the United States. Once, you know, thriving independent Baptist churches that have closed their doors. And, and the work is still needs to be done. Amen. So again, I, I believe that's of God. Yes, Brother Mike. No, you're fine. You're fine. No, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, you hit it, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right, yeah, amen. Mm -hmm. Right, right, amen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's right, amen. Gave it to the one that had ten. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 it is. And we've seen the word wicked even in this parable. So you're exactly right. You know, we need to see the seriousness of this, guys. You know, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that it's easy to come up with excuses as why we're not doing what we ought to be doing. But until we see it, just as Mike has said, and just really more than that, what the Bible reveals, that, that God sees that as wickedness. You know, there's work to be done. And it's more important than our comfort and, and even peace in our lives. <laughs> the, 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 listen, this is, these are things that God would, would have us to do. And I'm, I'm not, you know, again, I, I want to be careful here because we, we, we have some great workers and we're seeing some great things even in our own church. But, but again, we, we just have to see this for what it is. Um, and, and we still have to, you know, be honest about some things. And, and again, because, uh, you know, I don't want to see uh, any church fail and I sure don't want to see... Uh, Central Calvary Baptist Church uh, uh, be shelved by the Lord either do you you know um, you know I mean we might limp on till we go on to be home with the Lord you know but what about those coming up behind us don't don't they deserve to have a good church amen. well guess who's up to amen it's up to us it's up to us and uh, so again uh, we don't want to stop working amen uh, now I know as we get older there's physical limitations so please don't misunderstand me there but um, you know but it, again it's not just churches it's people you know sometimes individuals lose their zeal back into the world um, uh, again uh, we we tend to not take advantage of the privilege and we stop working in the vineyard and uh, so again that's that, that's sad to see and uh, so uh, again, for Central Calvary Baptist Church, uh, you know, we need workers, amen, in the vineyard. Um, you got a preacher that's preaching. He's not a great preacher, uh, but, uh, but he is preaching. We got uh, folks that are uh, willing to take the time to prepare lessons for children and, and for yourselves and stuff. And, 
you know, I, you know, what are we going to do with that? Amen. God's given you everything you need to grow you and your family. You know, but if there's other things out there in the world that seem a little more shiny and a little more fun, I'm just saying that's that's not good. Amen. That's not good. So so again, just want to encourage you today, and and also I want to take time just to thank God for for the faithful folks uh, even here in our own church. And by the way, let that be an encouragement to you. Uh, you know, we, we all, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, whether I've taught Sunday school class or, or, or pastor a church or what have you, you know, I always want more people, you know. Uh, but, uh, uh, hey, you know, you, you just keep, you just stay steadfast in what you're doing, amen. Uh, the crowd may not be what you want it to be, but God will bless you for your faithfulness. So you keep at it, amen. Uh, it's not you failing, you know, it's not you failing. And uh, so, uh, but, but again, back to the, what we're trying to learn here is we need to understand that, listen, we grow cold and indifferent and preoccupied. God will remove his blessing and give it to another. He'll give it to another. And that's something we shouldn't want in our own personal life. And it's sure something we wouldn't want in our church. Uh, in other words, we don't want to take the privilege of the vineyard uh, and not take that and do great things for God. Nothing will bless your life and bring you more happiness than doing great things for God. That'll bring you, the, that'll bring you so much joy that you, know, you can't even describe it. Amen? And uh, so praise, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So Christ's parable of the wicked husbandman. All right, we've got time maybe for one or two comments, and then we'll, we'll be uh, dismissed for, for 